This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome to Magpies Unrestricted. Ladies and gents, welcome to Magpies Unrestricted, where we're talking all things Newcastle United. I'm your host, Chris Simpson, and joining me as always is Cara Thistlethwaite. Hello. And we are joining you after a little bit of a break, listeners. Wife got in the way, as it tends to do. Um, we also went on holiday, so yeah, sorry about that. But um, also, also, also that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it was life and, and holiday. Um, uh, yeah, so yeah, our, our bad. We went on a pre-season training camp to Ireland. Really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's how I'm... That's how I'm rebranding it. Okay, um, you can, you and then can... we were back late well, I for went, pre-season I training. went on a, a pre-treason, uh, pre-treason? Pre- <laughs> I can't even say it. pre-season training program on how to start drinking Guinness again properly. Um, <laughs> the point is, know. listeners, yeah, we are back. Thank you for waiting for us. Newcastle have been playing some football matches. Yeah, we've just sobered up from Ireland. Um, so, yeah, we thought we'd best get... Well, apparently I haven't, because I still can't speak like a normal human being. But there we go. And yet we are ready to chat all things magpies. Um, we won't linger too long on this one, unfortunately, even though it is the better one. Um, because, of course, uh, a week has passed. A bit over a week by the time you actually hear this, listeners. Since Newcastle opened the season with a 2-0 win over Nottingham Forest, but uh, we we were current, we were following the score in a Dublin pub, uh, indeed. Reminiscing, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, perfect start to the season. Um, we got uh, some goals from Callum Wilson and Fabian Share. Share's goal in particular. I mean, that twenty-five yard screamer. It, but you always love it when defenders do that, and it's always defenders that have a pop, or your defensive midfield, and they just have a like absolute smash at it, and ninety percent of the time, just sky it. But actually, when they go in, they are spectacular in. You know, I suppose that's great for him on on the first game back as well in the season. Yeah. Just getting that confidence up, and and again, it is a lot of confidence because God, last season for seventy five percent of last season, <laughs> no one would have had an attempt on goal. But to see like a defender just have a pop w- was really good. And, and we've said more, numerous times, anything could have happened. Uh, and the fact that it went in is obviously a wonderful bonus. That yeah, that was a, that was a great one. And he's already I think got his uh, goal of the month for Newcastle like <laughs> pinned in there. And that's the thing though as well. He's like Fabian Cher. He's he's as you say for a centre back. He's got a hell of a long shot on him, and he's he's good for a couple of them. He's season. always centre backs. I tell you, yeah. always defensive players. They're the ones who can smack it. <laughs> um, so yeah, what a time for that one. And obviously, lovely to see Callum Wilson getting off the mark in the first game of the season. He's starting it fit and raring to go. We'll and see. he's not injured yet. We will see exactly how long that lasts. <laughs> um, but yeah, brilliant for him. Because again, we know that he's a phenomenal player. We know he's a prolific goal scorer. And whenever he is fit, we do need to we do need him to be doing that. And to be honest, really, we were so dominant in that game. We could have easily won by more than 2-0, two, two really. Yeah. I would say that it's, it's a little bit almost disappointing like two 0 is, is obviously you know it's a good score. You've got your three points. That's all you want really from the end of it. And Newcastle didn't look like they were going to lose at, at any point. But you know when it's it's a recently 
promoted team you would think maybe you'd try and make the most of it and you know try and get a good goal difference right at the start of the season but hey you know two goals uh, as if I'm complaining yeah. about Newcastle scoring two goals <laughs> at the start of the season because if we could mirror this to last season then exactly be bloody praying for it <laughs> we'll um, be saying how good they played and how awesome they were and but yeah no so brilliant three three points and then yeah so obviously the more, more recent one um obviously nil nil away at Brighton on Saturday. Um, stop me if you've heard this one before, Newcastle failing to win at the Amex Stadium or just failing to beat Brighton generally. We hardly ever... Um, <laughs> our record against them, apart from the the last time we met when we did actually beat them 2-1, was... Uh, it's, it's crazy how we just never seem to be able to beat Brighton. Yeah, they always turn it on against you, don't they? But, I mean, Brighton, they did, they did play really well and... I think, to be honest, Newcastle were probably quite fortunate mm. to get something from this game. I think we were. I mean, I mean, I mean, we did have a couple of big opportunities at the other end. Obviously, Cal Wilson had that one disallowed, um, and I think Dan Byrne probably should have scored with that header as well. But for the most part, really, as you say, the fact that we've come away with this with a point in a clean sheet, I think you've just got to hold your hands up and say, actually, to be honest, on balance of play, we did very well there because Brighton are a very good team. Uh, their obviously their biggest problem is they can't score goals, but really they came they kind of came up a, against a bit of a an immovable object in Nick Pope. Oh, he's been excellent. Um, and obviously, of course, he, he he started the first game as well, so it's clear that he's and I suppose it makes sense given that he's the new signing. It seems he's going to be the number one uh, for this season. In fact, actually, it seems like Dubravka, I mean, obviously, for now, he's just been on the bench, but I mean, there has been some talk. We don't talk about transfer rumours too much, as you'll know, listeners, but, but this there's been important. some talk <laughs> that Dubravka could end up going to Leicester to replace Kasper Schmeichel. I mean, I'd, I'd be very happy for that. We you could do a lot need, worse, couldn't you? We could do a lot worse. We were never, I mean, I don't know what's wrong with Leicester at the moment, but there's plenty wrong at Leicester at the moment. Um, and to have a player like Dubravka come in as a replacement for Schmeichel is absolutely nothing to be sniffed at. Um, so yeah that, I'd be very happy for that to happen but, uh, and, and it, I don't yeah. feel too bad about it either because Nick Pope has been such a good signing for yourself at the, at the end of last season that um, I don't feel like we're nicking anything off, off another team yeah exactly Pope is you know he's, he's come in um, yeah I mean he's what £10 million and um, already well worth it uh, already showing what he can do I mean um as I said, just first and foremost, just as a phenomenal shot stopper, obviously kept out some, you know, made some really, really good saves against Brighton on Saturday. And um, of course, we also had a, a couple of clearances off the line to thank as well for the clean sheet. But I mean, that's now uh, Nick Pope's 37th clean sheet since the start of the 1920 season. Uh, and to put that in context, only uh, Allison at Liverpool and Edison at Man City have actually kept more. So he's, he's, I think he's going to be really good for us. I would, just on Dubravka, I would be sad to see him go, but he's too good to be sat on a bench all season. And if I was going to let, if he was going to go to anyone, and I was going to see him move on, I'd be quite happy for it to be Leicester. And I said I think he'd be a good fit with Schmeichel gone. Uh, yeah. I think he'd be a good replacement there. So we'll, we'll see how that one goes. We'll let, we'll let you know. I think that's the trouble with, with goalkeepers. But when when teams sign another goalkeeper, it's like. Well, a was that worth it because our goalkeeper's fine and this guy maybe isn't quite as good, or, or b it's like, well, what do you do with the other one that 
you have fond memories of and has done fine, but this guy's like really good. Mm. It, it, it does it does make it a bit different. Like for instance, I suppose Lino as well at the moment at Arsenal. What what do you do with him? Yeah, it's um, that's the thing. I mean, sometimes you can get lucky and have like a really good number two who is just happy to kind of sit on the bench and play the occasional cup game or European game if you're sort of at that end of the table. Um, and if 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 you if you happen to be in that situation, you've done very well and you can be very happy with it. But um, that's the thing when you've got two keepers who could easily be a number one at most clubs. You know, it's you can understand them. They you know they want to move on. Um, and I guess I guess is it we got rid of Woodman, so I guess we would go back to Darlow being the number two, which is less confidence inspiring. But as I say. You can't begrudge Dubravka if he were to want to move on, and I suppose as well for us, it it maybe helps. Uh, I mean, not I'm I'm sure we probably wouldn't get a crazy amount of money for Dubravka, but it it still would be a little bit of money in the coffers to just help uh, fund more transfer activity. I mean, as we've discussed before, listeners, and of course with our new ownership, we obviously have a lot more money to play with, and I believe the figure. Uh, I think it was Kieran Maguire on Twitter. I would recommend following him if you don't already. Um, f- great football finance expert. Um, even if a lot of it goes over my head, a lot of the more technical sort of financial stuff. But he does kind of break it down in a good way. I've, and I believe it was him. Uh, apologies if it wasn't. But, you know, he had a Twitter thread, um, you know, the other week kind of explaining that because of financial fair play and because we've the one positive thing you can say about Ashley's lack of spending is it kind of frees us up to spend more now. And long story short, we can spend about £600 million before we fall foul of financial fair play. Oh, you, you could get, you could get <laughs> what, six Grealishes and you'll be really, really happy. <laughs> yeah, we might have about six assists a season. <laughs> <laughs> no, if you've got six, then it'd be 36, right? Because it'd be six times six, it'd be... Uh, didn't he only get three? Or oh yeah, he did. He didn't do as good as he thinks he is. <laughs> anyway, step, it up, step it up, Jack. But um, no, but um, but obviously, the flip side of that is, of course, you don't. If we if we were to go on a, a you know a huge mad spending spree now and get Neymar and all these other you know like ludicrously expensive players and all the rest of it, you use up all that spending in one window and then you're kind of screwed for possibly several years to come because obviously at the moment what we don't have compared to like a Man City or some of the other clubs towards the top end of the league is we don't have those revenue streams bringing that money in so at the moment it is still a bit of kind of having to maybe sell players to also help because at the moment we've only we've not had many outgoings this summer and half of them have been on loan and then Dwight Gale went on a free um, to Stoke so you know, it's not like we've had a ton of money coming in. We've we've freed up a little bit wage wise, but not you know a huge amount because it's not like we've lost any sort of of the top earners and star players. So um, yeah, although I wouldn't expect us to um, get a crazy amount of money for Dubravka if he were to go to Leicester or someone like that, um, it maybe helps us because um, I suppose that kind of ties in really to the news or kind of lack thereof. It's obviously we've had you know we've we've been off for a couple of weeks now, uh, podcast wise. And obviously Newcastle still haven't actually signed anyone in that meantime. Again, there's still um, a good couple of weeks left of the transfer window, so I'm not 
too concerned, but I think I do still really think we need a striker. At a minimum, I'd, yeah, still, I'd, I, I'd like another winger as well, but I'll settle just really for a, for a striker. To be honest, I've not I've not followed it in the whole league, but I do feel it's been quite a quiet window for for a lot of clubs. Actually, I feel like there's been not been a lot of movement. There's been a lot of talk, always a lot of talk, but not actually a lot of movement. Um, and that was the thing, you know, we 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 uh, for, by our standards, it was quite busy early on. You know, we got Botman in, we got Target made permanent, we got obviously Nick Pope in, and we, but. And it was brilliant, and we got all that done early, which is awesome. But because we got it done early, and we haven't done anything since, as you say, it's all gone a bit quiet. Mm. As, you said, as it kind of feels like, yeah, it has been quiet, as you say. Across the board, really. Kind of across the league. There hasn't been, like, you know, there's been obviously a few notable ones here, here and there, but I feel like there maybe hasn't been, like, as many as you might normally expect from a Premier League summer yeah. window. Again, we'll see what happens in the last. It's not like that time when uh, Southampton had their entire first eleven robbed, <laughs> mainly by Liverpool. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I wonder, at least for certainly towards the top end, I wonder if the fact that there's the World Cup looming in November that might make people think twice because, you know, at this stage, obviously, if it was um, a well, obviously, well, if it was a summer World Cup, it would have already been done by now. But because it's kind of looming, but it's also quite early on, you know, if if you make a big move but you don't hit the ground running, maybe you put your World Cup uh, place at risk. So again, that's more at this kind of t- the top end of the transfers. You know, people who are actually going to be really looking to be playing at the World Cup for their teams. Um, you know, but. I wonder if that maybe has a bit of an impact. But yeah, it's, it's been an interesting one, so we'll see how that goes. But as we've said, yeah, with well, obviously Dwight Gales, yeah, he, he's gone to Stoke now on a free. Obviously Chris Wood, we're still kind of really waiting for him to even really kind of show the form he did at Burnley. Because again, at Burnley, he, he got into double figures pretty much every year. He would get you about 12 goals, which, uh, you know, for a team, you know, team that, not exactly yeah. bursting with creativity, is yeah. quite a decent return. And obviously... You know, Callum Wilson, as we know, is injury prone and will probably be without him for half the season. And I don't count Joelinton really as a forward option anymore. He's very much a midfielder. <laughs> so we've only really got an injury prone um, Callum Wilson and a, a sort of not re- not firing Chris Wood. That's that's so, the main weakness now in in Newcastle's team. Yeah, and I think. I mean, I don't. I don't know who Newcastle would go for. I think at this moment, I, I don't think. The, the way the club has gone and, and the way that um, the the enrolment team seems to be going for the hiring. To, what, do you know what the agents? Whatever. I've just words not work. <laughs> but the people it's who too hot, the people it's too hot. It's too hot, and I have to have a blanket across me because apparently the cat insists <laughs> that I become a tent for him. So excuse me if I'm a bit <laughs> tongue tied. Anyway, so real professional setup, yeah. yeah, studio setup we've got here, listeners. Yeah, <laughs> it keeps him quiet, then that's what we want. <laughs> anyway, um, the the way that it seems to be going at the moment is you're not going to go for a, a massive, big name player mm. that you're going to sign on, and and that, there's nothing wrong with that. But I honestly don't know who who you would sign. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, there's obviously there's been lots of transfer rumours flying around. Not that he's a striker, but. There's been some rumours about us trying to sign James Madison from Leicester. Yeah, but yeah. again, we're gonna ha- we are gonna have to um, loosen the purse strings for that one, of course. I'm assuming Leicester will probably want something in the region of eighty million. Yeah, I, I believe certainly I've seen the numbers of fifty and sixty being banded around, and possibly that won't. As I say, that might not be enough. But 
And again, I mean, Madison, again, I think we really more need a striker than him. But he is someone who gets goals and assists. So. He is. I'm just I'm just not sure he's the right fit for Newcastle. I think Madison excels when there's other very fast people on either side of him. And you're getting there. But I think at the moment, obviously, not saying Newcastle's um, midfield isn't good, because I, I think it is probably one of the strongest parts of, of the team at the moment. Um, yeah, now with Bruno and, and yeah. the renewed Jolinton. But not they're not slow either, but they aren't those rapid wingers. They are your centre. Mm. And to put Madison in, where would he fit in that? Yeah. I just, I'm just not quite sure that it, it would work. Right, you'd have to rejig how Newcastle play at the moment. Um, yeah, so. not saying he wouldn't do well for you. I just think it's a bit more of a difficult one to to slot in. Yeah, it'll be an interesting one to see if that one happens. Um, as I said, I think I mean I, I wouldn't be upset if it did. I and, and we'll talk more about um, we'll talk more about Madison if obviously that does have, come to pass. But I think. We do need more of an out-and-out striker as more of a priority. Yeah. Even though he is a goal-scoring midfielder. Uh, he is. He has um, his days when he's amazing and he has his days when he's a bit of a waste of space. But I suppose like a lot of number 10s, but yeah. Yeah, and I, I think, I think again, w- w- with that position, with, with number 10s, especially creative ones like that, it does depend on how the team's playing. Mm. And they do tend to get frustrated a lot. And I think when Manners gets frustrated, he gets angry and he, and he, and he messes up and he gets a bit selfish. Um and, you know, we all would in that situation, I suppose, when you, you're angry that your team and you are probably playing mm. as, as well as you want to. And But, you know, yeah, we'll see when, when the time comes, if the time comes. But I've got a feeling Leicester are going to be picked clean this season. We aren't buying anyone and we've done NAFL <laughs> and we're doing NAFL this season. So Yeah, we'll, uh, yeah, we'll just have to see because I, I, I do worry a bit, a bit about Leicester at the moment, which is a shame because... Um, Obviously, sort of through you, I do also kind of vicariously follow them and their trials and tribulations. And at the moment, it's, it's just trials. It's not been, <laughs> yeah, it's not been um, not been a great summer or, or start to the season for them. So we'll, we'll I mean, see how they. It done. could be worse. We only drew against Brentford. We did at least four deal. So. So pleased by that result. I feel really bad because I don't actually have anything against Man United fans. I just well, I'm but not. It, I'm not. It even brings joking. a smile to the face. It does. <laughs> it really does. In fact, I've said that every time they lose, we will drink <laughs> a lot. So uh, <laughs> if 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 we're full-blown alcoholics by the end of the season, listeners, then you know well, it's just worth it for the pictures after the match of like Fernandez and Ronaldo, and it's like, guys, it's. It's not even the manager's fault anymore. It's, it's clearly got to be the players, and, and you two in particular, really. You know, <laughs> you just got to sort yourselves out and stop being little. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to we'll wrestle it back to Newcastle listeners. Um, Carabao Cup. Yeah, Carabao Cup. So we've been drawn away at Tranmere um, for our first game. So that'll be played on Tuesday, the 23rd of August. It's um, exciting. I'm actually excited for Newcastle here. Because, you know, it's a cup run. Well, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, yeah, potentially. You've definitely got the ability to win this. Because that, Well, that's the thing. Um, you know, in, in, in four of our last five seasons, we've literally gone out of the Carabao Cup immediately in our first game. 
I think that's quite impressive. To <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a bit of a, it's been a bit of a pattern uh, in the in the Mike Ashley era, really. Um, obviously, we did have that run to the quarters under Steve Bruce, but that uh, we've not, yeah, we've not done very well. And as you said, this is a trophy we can actually win. I really, it would be really nice to see us this year. You know, in a year where we're hopefully, hopefully not going to be ending up battling relegation. I don't think we will. I think. With our current team, and especially if we get another striker through the door, I think we can and should be aiming for comfortable mid-table at least, if not maybe creeping into the top half. And, you know, we'll see how it goes. But with that being the case, and obviously we don't have European football to worry about, so, you know, that we don't have that distraction and those extra games to deal with. Why not really try and go for it in the League Cup? Why not try and go for it? Obviously, when the FA Cup rolls around um, after Christmas, why not? You know, really give it a go. And yes, yeah. we're away, but yeah, but it's it, Tranmere. It could we also should be lucky to get through. Yeah, that. No, it could, no offense, Tranmere fans in the unlikely. It event, could be really good for for Wood as well. Yeah, to build up his confidence because play himself into some form. Yeah, it, it, I think these early matches in the Carabao Cup are. Really important for the for the smaller clubs, especially for the smaller clubs, because mm. I, I don't think they get enough representation on, on television and I don't think they get enough money and obviously all of them are struggling and, and all that stuff through lockdown, etc., etc., etc. So that's really good for them. Um, but I do think it's also really good for, for the players who have either just been signed and haven't been given the full time yet or the youth players. And I think it's really useful for, for, for big clubs to be able to, to play them and, and have a bit of an experiment. Not mm. saying, you know, be disrespectful to the team as though like, here's our like 14th team, out you go. <laughs> um, but I think it really is to really is good opportunity yeah. to, to develop Newcastle's squad, see what else can work, see who works well together and give some other players a rest. Obviously, I'm not saying they're going to necessarily rest Wilson. It's only in August, but it would be a good idea if we do win this first game you know later on in the season to rest some players yeah and you know never you never know maybe at that point you'll have a youth player who can actually <laughs> score or just a youth player yeah um, <laughs> nice. that would be nice but um, yeah no, i think it's i think it's good all, all round and uh fingers crossed you actually have pop at it this time yeah i i really hope so um in the meantime of course you've got another winnable match yeah <laughs> Yeah, in the meantime, of course, yeah, we're um, we've got Premier League duty, and yeah, really nice, nice, easy, winnable game. Yeah, uh, we're at home to Man City next weekend, listeners, uh, as I'm sure you were probably already aware. And I mean, look, obviously, the the start of the season, I feel like, is is never a bad time to play a bigger team. You know, when they've not quite got that momentum there, they're not in the middle of a huge winning run, which obviously we know of Man City, they can. They can easily win, you know, 10, 15 plus yeah. games literally on the trot yeah, as, as they get moving into the season. All that being said, of course, they've had a pretty good start. I mean, all I'm going to say is <laughs> Haaland best start scoring more because he's still my captain and I'm going to keep him as my captain of the fantasy team. I'm sorry, but. One assist isn't going to cut it. No, no, he can go and do one because I could have <laughs> had Gabriel Jesus and got a lot of points this week. But I suppose that's the scary <laughs> thing, isn't it? Um, that you know they obviously they won two nil um, at West Ham on the opening day and obviously Haaland was amazing. Uh, the fact that they then won and I mean it's no surprise that they win four nil at home to Bournemouth 
um, you know, in, in the second game, I think that was always a pretty likely outcome. But the fact that Haaland didn't, didn't even actually score any of them, and he only assisted one, I think shows you, like, again, yeah. It, just, this is it Man just City. Shows you. They've got just scores everywhere. It just shows you it wasn't worth the money that I paid for him <laughs> on the fantasy team. Haaland, I want two goals a game minimum. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's going to be a tough one. And obviously, shock horror here. In fact, I can't imagine there's many Premier League teams here who can't say something similar. Yeah. But our recent record against City is, is pretty one-sided in their favour. Um, some pretty heavy defeats in our last few um, encounters with them. I'm still a bit annoyed. I'm sure we still would have got pasted anyway, listeners, but <laughs> when we played them at St. James's Park last season and um, when Edison completely took out Ryan Fraser oh, and yeah. we didn't get a penalty, again, I'm sure we would have probably still lost like 4-1 or something. But the fact when that happens and when it's it, when it happens and it's not already like 4-0... Yeah. It can change the game and it's like, it's just so frustrating. No, I agree. I remember us um, talking about that one and it, it, it was highly frustrating. I, I, if I remember correctly, that wasn't even the only issue that there was that game. I feel there was a lot of uh, soft free kicks from Man City and there might have even been another time where potentially a card or was it even a red we were arguing about? Uh, yeah, I can't even remember now, but yeah. It, it was just one of those uh, very tinfoil hat we'll just just keep saying that as our phrase for when we think the referee's being an absolute bastard (laughs) but that's the thing it's one of those you know with Man City to beat a team like Man City you kind of need everything to go right on the day you need Man City to not really turn up you need to play well and you kind of need some refereeing decisions to go your way or at least not go against you unfairly as that one was like not even not even a biased one not even saying you know you need to be gifted a penalty but that one was a stonewall all day, VAR, nowhere. You know what I mean? It's You kind of need it all. You, you need that bit of a perfect storm um, in your favour. So that's kind of what you have to hope for. And although, as I say, the last like five or six games has been pretty one-sided for them, not in the, in the not-too-distant past of 2019, although that does feel like a different world now. It was a different world. A um, different time. A pleasant time. <laughs> You know, the fact that we were able to... We played them twice at St. James's Park in 2019 and we got a 2-2 draw and a 2-1 win. You know, there's that little bit of straws to cling to, um, even though we are increasingly moving away from them. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, as always, it's going to be a tough one. If nothing else, if we can just try and avoid getting absolutely tonked and then we've got one of our toughest games of the season out of the way. Yeah, if we could get even a draw that would be be amazing and Um, you know both both say it's early in the season both teams have played well no team has really got into it I I reckon if you take it to them likelihood is you could potentially get something out of it or at least push it and it could be a good game and Nick Pope certainly hit the ground running so you know in terms of goalkeeper wise if he can play like he did against Brighton you never know yeah fingers crossed anyway but yeah, we'll, we'll be back as usual uh, next week, listeners. We're back on the regular schedule again now. Um, and we will be there to dissect the Newcastle Man City game. Um, we'll see what happens with the League Cup game in terms of um, we may or may not have to discuss that at all because it might not fit in with the recording schedule. Um, but if not, if we don't talk about it next week, we will be talking about it the week after. Uh, hopefully with Newcastle having gone through fingers crossed uh, <laughs> jigsed it now that's it but yeah. a 5 nil loss to Tramway Rovers oh god <laughs> 5 on goals from Chris Wood yeah <laughs> <laughs> but we'll, we'll see how it goes listeners anyway uh, in the meantime though if you could give the podcast a like and subscribe 
uh, and a positive review, that all really, really goes a long way. Um, so that would be amazing. Uh, and we've been Magpies Unrestricted. We're back and ready to go for the new season. I've been your host, Chris Simpson. Thanks, Cara. No problema. And thank you, listeners. Bye. Bye. You can now go make me a milkshake, you surf. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts.